Hello, hello, hello. I guess I'm back again because I didn't get shut down. <laughs> it's your boy Raider from the Fashion Furious Podcast. Every Wednesday, 7 o'clock on Apple, Spotify, and other um, other streaming platforms. All right, let's get into it, guys. This week was Emmy week. Let me just say something about this, and I'm kind of jumping ahead of my notes. Um, well, actually, I'm right on task. I was going to... Um, actually give reviews on men and women but with award season there's so many awards and I have so much information to give to you guys if I just do award reviews it'll take up all my content so my I have to be very selective about what award shows I review and um, you know and what not because this is not a celebrity entertainment informative or information show so with that said, uh, I didn't really, I'm not going to go into the Emmys reviews and fashion. Uh, what was really cool was I did see Zendaya. She's been getting a lot of work and she did look like Poison Ivy. That was very pretty. Um, who else did I see? At the Emmys, uh, I saw uh, Taraji P. Henson. It kind of gave me a, uh, a kind of old school Halston feel. Um, and who else? I mean, I saw Billy Porter. Porter, I don't know if you guys remember a movie. It's a cult classic called I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. It was kind of reminiscent of that. Uh, but he he have his own style. Anyway, I have... This episode is kind of just a general informative uh, session about different... Um, places that I've, you know, different ways of getting in the industry, how to work with, uh, uh, just basically uh, dropping gems on general advice um, and general inquiries. As I'm glancing over that, uh, the, the Donald Trump is on TV for the whole impeachment thing. He's doing damage control. But anyway, I digress. So let's talk about fashion. Let's talk about fashion temp agencies. There's a misconception going that's always around fashion temp agencies, and this is something that I had to learn because if you don't really know how, if you don't know what to stand for or how to deal with something, you kind of will fall for anything. <clears throat> so when it comes down to temp agencies, and you know them, there's the 4-4 flash fashion, there's the atrium staffing, there is, uh, you know, um, JBC style, there is... Um, I'm missing uh, quite a few. Um, a, a big one. It's 24-7. There is... Um, there's a pyramid. There's a, Gerald, there's, a, there's a slew of them. A lot of them are not really in, um, around like they used to be because the reason is in New York City or, you know, New York kind of run the, the world of fashion in New York City. In New York City right now, a lot of private labels have shut down a lot, part, uh, partly because of inflated prices because of tariffs and a lot because of social media and the fashion climate that we're in right now. So I just want to talk briefly about temp agencies. 
um, with these agencies, like the names, for example, that I ex um, explained to you, or I just name drop, I'm sure you guys are familiar with it. If you have not um, ever interviewed or been sent out or uh, been submitted for a uh, temp agency, it's a good, you can use them as a good tool. It's an exchange. Uh, look at them as a Google to give information and to possibly um, get you noticed. You have to look at everything nowadays in the realm of you being on the computer and how we um, interact with each other on the computer now. Meaning, um, you know, search engines and um, making yourself seen. Always think about yourself. I don't know why, but this is where we are. Always think about yourself in terms of how you present on your what, what product you're selling on your Instagram. If you want to be a designer, obviously it has to scream what it is. Um, otherwise, people will be confused. When it comes down to these temp agencies, never expect immediate results. Never expect immediate immediate results. They may not tell you this, but there is a cast of people, a workforce that they send over to clients when they have positions open. These temp agencies go ahead and fight out for the bid. It's like a contract. It's like when you're going for a contract with a city, state, or government. They fight over these bids. It may be 50 to 100 people. It may be 5 to 10 people in a group of people that they send over. Don't ever think for one time, even if they make you feel that way, that they are representing you solely. It's an exchange. Basically, you're having someone represent you that work for you. You don't work for them. They work for you because they're getting a percentage off of your head based on your contract. And the, the percentage is based on how much money you're getting um, paid. So there, you are never guaranteed a job when you are with a temp agency. And I know it may be frustrating. Like you go, you know, they, they make it seem like you're gonna get hired right away. You go there and you you interview with them, and um, you give them your resume, and then you walk away, and you never may hear from them. Right. Because it's not just about you. They are trying to create a profile to send over to whatever agency or whatever company that have an opening. Right. And that's how they make their money. So there are ways to deal with to to work with a temp agency. When I first started in fashion, I, I, I was clueless. I thought that it was along the lines of a non-creative um, corporate job that you would interview with them and you they just send you out. Like, you know, back in the day, I I. I tempted through Apple One, and that got me a, a position at the Civil Service Commission of Los Angeles, which was basically, I worked in the division um, that when uh, employees would not get a raise or they would get into trouble, they would have to appeal to the city. So I worked in that division and I took a test and everything and they sent me right away. I got the position. Fashion don't work like that. They may make you seem like you're the number one client, but you are not. This You have to make it clear to them that you know how you are working. Otherwise, they'll mislead you the whole way. And this platform is not about anybody being misled going forward. There was one time that I was particularly... Um, ticked off with temp agencies because I didn't know what, what I was doing. You know, it can seem very precarious and at first, but this is how you do it. 
how to use it as a useful tool. Gather information, ask them all kinds of questions. They have to tell you the duration. How long is the duration of this project, right? How much are you guys getting paid over my head for this project? And you know, what exactly, you always wanna get a description of what you're going into, what skills that is required for this position. Always ask these questions, always push for these questions. It should be advantageous for them to ask these questions if you have already been selected, okay? It's okay to negotiate with temp agencies. It's never, ever set in stone the rate. They always give you a rate, probably half, or a little bit more than half than what they're getting over your head. Negotiate, know your work. Your work comes through your, if you're a new student, your grades, how much time you put into it, come up with a, a price per hour that you think is fair. Um, and base it on, you know, if you want, if you don't know, base it on somebody that's on your level that have a job now. And if you feel that they were less, you know, not as good as you, raise your rate a couple dollars, you know? So ask them questions, ask them questions, ask them questions. This is an exchange. You want to be as personal as possible. What to expect? You may apply for a position that with a temp agency and not hear from them in the whole money, and then they call you and ask you to start in a week. It's because, you know, the people, the companies on the other end, sometimes they kind of go with people based on their per. 80% of the time they go with people based on their personality and how they can um, feel, how they can adjust into the dynamic, the office dynamic. I think it's a shitty ass old school way of determining talent and hiring people. But these are the practices um, that, you know, that, that we are stuck with. And this is a practice I hope change because a person may be introverted or extroverted, but they talent speak for itself. But in these today's society, talent is not enough. It comes with nepotism. It comes with kissing ass. It comes with a person feeling less intimidated. All of the bullshit that I feel like, you know, it's sad and should be addressed it addressed and this platform hopefully will get it to a point where we can be accountable and people will be brave enough to call in and air out people that do that so that we can get to the bottom of it and then we can make them be the way that we want to be because it's just all about um it's just all about selling clothes we are not creating anything that will be sustainable for our environment and climate change, and we definitely are not saving lives, okay? It's fashion. And that kind of hiring practice is bullshit to me, and it needs to go. So, um, and you have to be available. You have to be, with these um, labels, I mean, with these temp agencies, you have to be available because at the drop of a dime, they would expect you to be, get on a train 30 minutes from now and um, be there. And and, and, and and be honest and forthcoming and direct. If it can't happen, it can't happen. But if they're asking you to submit things that can highlight you, go ahead on and submit it. The more you submit, gives you a greater understanding that the higher the, the company or the higher a greater understanding of who you are and what your aesthetic is how to communicate with them regularly i am a um i am a i i take the 
phrase, squeaky wheel gets oil, closed mouths don't get fed. Only thing you can do to a person is annoy them, and in a position where you really want something, a noise can look at it, it be looked at as diligent or very hungry. So it's nothing with hounding people down to get what you want. The only thing that they can say is not today. But you contact these. Every job that you apply for with a temp agency, contact them at least three times a week. Let them know that, you know, what's the what's the update, what's the status of the application. And when they feel to you that, you know, sometimes they say, well, well they passed. Explain explanation why they passed. What was the reason that they passed? And the only reason that I can get better is from a criticism. So what was the criticism? What exactly verbatim they said so that I can make it better? If they're representing to you, it's only fair for them to let you know what they're said, what they said. There was one client that said that I was too talkative only because I asked a lot of questions. I just think that it was a situation where she saw where I worked and her former manager worked there. Before, her former manager worked at the place that I work with. I think that she reached out to them and she gathered some information about me. This particular manager was a gay man and they made advances and I wasn't fucking with them like that. So that may have came from that. So sometimes you run into shit like that. And she's better lucky. She's very lucky that I didn't sue them, you know, and I'm still within the year of limitations. So maybe I will. Hey, you never know. I just want to take this time for you guys to thank you guys, everybody that's been listening to me so far. And if you have not followed me, follow me all on on all my social media. And that's Insta, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat is at the Fashion Furious Podcast. Um, right now, I'm being played in China, Iran, um, the UK, uh, Morocco, of course, the US, and a few other places. So um, thank you guys for playing me in those countries. I didn't know that you guys would be that interested in hearing me, folks. So. And if you ever want to email me, because I'm always, this podcast is about us, um, I'm always looking for emails and suggestions, or like I always say, if you want if you want to air shit out and you want to be anonymous, I'll switch the name around, or if you don't care, email me at the Fashion Furious Podcast at gmail.com. You can go to my Instagram, I share a lot of funny memes, I'm very... I'm an expert at in, um, Illustrator and Photoshop and Adobe, so I create a lot of memes. Some shit might stir people up, but you know, I don't give a shit. Whatever's put out there on the internet is free will to me. It's free game, community property. So I share funny memes, and I make light of hard situations. Usually, it's, it's sharing funny memes, making hard, you know, of hard situations. I recently just did one about um, Alessandra Michelle for Gucci because I feel like they're thirsty for sales, you know, and just sharing for of things that I feel like you guys need to know. So. Just from that said, I work a lot of times with younger people that see what I do and they're interested. So one question that I have got emailed a DM to me is, choosing a fashion school, should I choose? Should I go to fashion school? That really depends on your financial situation and your financial setup. Um, when I went to fashion school, um, I didn't go straight to fashion school. I went to Memphis College of Art. Shout out Memphis College of Art on Poplar Avenue. Um, I can't remember my professor name, but I. I, um, 
majored into textile and surface design because I knew that I would um, go into fashion the time that I graduated to go into fashion. September 11 happened and I was just, you know, my grandmother was precarious about the whole situation. So needless to say, I went to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandise and other known as FITM in LA. And it was very hard. Um, I remember going to FITM and, you know, I didn't, I, I, I basically came from a very, very poor upbringing and I went to FITM and um, I remember this is, this kind of set the tone of how everything would go. Um, I had never really checked in a hotel, I'd never really been on my own to check, traveled on my own to check in a hotel. And I kind of just went up to the counter at a hotel with cash. And it was like, oh, no, sir, we don't do that. Lo and behold, by the grace of God, um, a soccer tournament walked in and I kind of just blended in and act like I was with them and I got a room. I know it sounds weird, but this is what happened. I can't lie about this. So I didn't really have any money set up. I kind of... um, carried myself I was uh, claim I claimed independence so I can get all of my student loans in my name whatever I needed I had some scholarships um, and I kind of went there and was like look I'm here that when school opened the first day of school I went to the admission office with my belongs and said look I'm here you guys accepted me and you have to help me find somewhere to stay Needless to stay, I, I found a room and, you know, I kind of finished, I, I, I graduated and finished out my degree. But that's just how it kind of started. I just took a leap of faith and, you know, it and, and, and I stayed steadfast and, and I uh, stayed focused on a plan. And that plan was to get to New York City. Okay, little did I know when I get to New York City, the market will crash. And this is why I have a lot of information to share about temp agencies and um, different genres, I mean, different categories of fashion, because it's kind of like I faked it to me. I had to accept any job because at that time, fashion labels was closing down at an astronomical rate because of the, the recession. Is fashion school needed as well? And why? This is something that, you know, I go back and forth with all the time. At this point, I feel like in the industry, fashion is not needed in school. It's a specialized skill. And you can, my thing is, we train Chinese and we train other countries to do this. Why can't we just train each other in a trade school and not pay $30,000? If you want to get the traditional if you want to get the traditional college experience, don't go to a fashion school. Don't waste your money. Go to a cheap college. Get the experience with the, the campus parties and, and the dorms. And then get get all of your general studies out of the way for a cheap price. And if you want to go to fashion school, go to a fashion trade school, a two-year school. But the two-year school fit them that I went to was pricey. So, no, I don't think it's necessary. And I think that schools are taking advantage of people still because they're still trying to market it as an elitist um, industry to go into. But the, 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 the truth of the matter is it's a dead industry and it's dying. Everything will be online. You know, YouTube is very good, but when you want to really learn how to do fashion, you have to be hands-on. You have to go to a trade school because it's very much so a trade, and it's more than one 
component to it. You have the sketching component, you have the draping component, you have the pattern making component, you have the sewing component. So I always say go to trade school because YouTube is YouTube would just not be enough. Um, I went to, in my route, I had a plan for myself. The way that I went through it, um, I had a plan for myself. Like I said, I wanted to go to um, to understand how to make fabric before I worked with fabric. So that's why I went to Memphis College of Art. And it's, it's kind of funny that I heard about FITM because my mind was set on FIT. I heard about FITM um, through seniors talking in um, my school. And... You know, I didn't approach them in anything. I just kind of went, you know, after they were talking, I just kind of went on the computer and applied. And um, at the time, you know, since I was poor, I got <laughs> I got my um, <clears throat> application waived. And it, um, it took me in, and I would never forget my admissions counselor. Shout out Trudy Matthews. She worked with me a whole lot. Trudy Matthews, I, I will, won't forget you. A part of this is because where I'm at is because of you when you really took the time to sit and talk to me and talk to my family and answer questions that I wasn't able to answer at that time because I just didn't know. Okay, so when you graduate from fashion school, so, uh, okay, after graduations, internship versus going into the industry. I will be honest with you folks, because I came from not a financially sound background, um, I couldn't do an internship. I had to make money. I had to do a work study while I was had a part-time job. I had a part-time job at this place called Oz on Sunset Boulevard in San Vicente in West Hollywood. So I did Oz and I also worked um, my work study job and you know because I like I said I was independent I was in a position that I had any any zero help from family so I had to figure it out all myself and I was responsible for buying my books um, making sure I eat paying my rent so I, I did it myself um, and if you're in a position like I said it, it depends on how financially financially sound you are and you're in a position to do internships it's always good to get that that extra training it's always good to get that extra training but what I did was I started to apply for this um, design assist design assistant that's not an assistant designer design assistant basically is the gopher for the design team and through there I gained a whole bunch of information that I would have never known on. The a lady that gave me my first job, she hired me as a design assistant, and it was just her and I working in tandem. That's the only budget she had. She did all. She did the designer, the senior design. She did the merchandise. She did everything. Shout out Shona right now. I love you, and hopefully you're listening to this. So once you go through that, you just kind of you get your. You, you should not be in a design assistant role more than a year. Or more than six months after six months and you understand what it is it's a lot of steaming it's a lot of cutting cutting swatches out it's a lot of um, organizing the library it's a lot of um, going get coffee you have to pay your dues um, and once you've gotten that and being on time being on time is very critical because people in fashion when they get a little power they exercise that power so be on time and trust me, I know when you get to a new city like New York, and we all have been there, somehow they forget it because they get all boggled down with real life. You want to experience the city. You want to party. You want to drink. You want to have fun. And there's nothing wrong with doing that, but just make sure that you are responsible about it. And my responsibility came in the form of having a dog. 
I had to go home and walk them and feed them. And I would time make timers on my phone for every hour just to make sure that I was on things. That's just my OCD. Um, and it kept me um, focused and, um, you know, I'm here today. Corporate versus private labels. Well, private labels, you don't see a lot around anymore. All of the fashion that we see nowadays on a big level is kind of of, from corporate. A lot of these labels will never go away. They're inflated with money. They're insulated with money. They will never go away. The private label format is kind of like mom and pop. It's a lot more freedom. You get paid a lot more, used to, but like I said, there's very few around anymore. The Garment Center in New York City, if anybody is familiar with it, is mostly all tech companies now. So that's kind of like, uh, you know, I wish it would come back, but chances are it's not. And for the people that are inspired in fashion, I hope that you had a chance to experience that because it's kind of like a brick and mortar uh, showroom opposed to um, going to like a corporate, um, you know, showroom. It was like very personable. Well, corporate, you have to have a certain attitude. Um, You have to be a robot. it's something that I struggle with at first, at first, and I think a lot of people struggle with. Uh, you have, you know, you have to adapt the attitude of being personable, assertive, and non-combative. And you have to kind of gear. You kind of have to be a mind reader and gear engage how you should approach things based on who you, is in leadership. And like I said, it's something that I struggled with because all the thing I've ever been interested in is knowing what I'm doing when I leave a conversation or when I leave a meeting. I never like to not know what I'm doing when I leave a meeting. I think it's counterproductive. And it, you should understand, you, you as a leader, you should make sure that your team understand what you're saying. And as a team player, you should always ask questions and not be scared to ask things that can help you. Um... And that means that, you know, sometimes in in, in fashion, you will hear things like, oh, you don't know the customer. Or, you know, you don't know the customer, which I feel like that can be uh, very dismissive and abusive. Um, Or sometimes people say, don't ask me questions. You should be able to go anywhere and ask questions. It's not their company. Um, because it should be advantageous to and remember you're when people do this remember you're simply an assistant right assistants can't do no wrong it comes a trickle-down effect that comes from leadership okay if you feel like you're in a position where you're not doing the right thing here's my suggestion learn the product learn the product who's buying it what fabric sells the most what silhouette okay Remember, people are most likely to buy things that they already have because it fits similar, so they won't feel embarrassed or ashamed. So that's just my um, advice on that, okay? There's some things in the office um, that are unavoidable, but it's all dependent. You, you'll keep your job all depending on how you engage, how serious you are, how detailed. Don't take anything personal. Your job is to walk away knowing, as I said. You know, so this is not a personable, personal thing. I, I tend to go with, um, I tend to run my business 
um, with the thought of we spend more time with each other in the office than with our own families sometimes. So you have to treat people how you want to be treated. And that doesn't matter what age you are. We're all here working. And, it, and bills don't know at age, you know. So I think it's sometimes leadership can be very unfair. And I have a list of um, names that I know of. And it's funny how the tables turn sometimes because I've interviewed people that I've worked for before. And you know where that went. But there are things uh, unavoidable in the workplace, like nepotism. Nepotism in fashion is huge. It's um, another. It's an unethical practice sometimes, and I feel like it's done intentional, um, and it's unavoidable in the workplace, and it can it can cause a lot of division in the workplace. Um, so always remember that this is a job. This is not your house. You know, don't show the work to work. People at work are your coworkers. They're not your friends. So correct your behavior. Always have yourself in check and cover your ass. Cover your ass meaning CCing your boss, making sure you're taking notes about everything, dating everything. Okay? Because one thing in fashion that people like to do or in period in corporate environments, when they drop the ball, they like to throw you under the bus. So make exact word-for-word notes and dated and reiterated through email okay I just I'm a person that feels like and part of the reason why is prop you know because I work more contracted and freelancing jobs I think part of the reason number one honestly if you want to be honest with me for whoever's listening I hope you guys are is because I'm a smart black man and fashion is intimidated by smart black men and I'm big I'm direct and I'm assertive and I know my shit and I ask questions and I jump right in there and I hit the ball running and not everybody like that some people have been working for companies for 20 years and you may show as a threat with them so they'll try to suppress you you know and oppress you and that's not that doesn't work for me that doesn't work on me either okay um so yeah silhouettes um you know it's fashion week right now and like we spoke about before with fashion week i thought it was very well in new york fashion week that they wanted to be inclusive and um include plus size models of four-figure women and i love four-figure women um but i think there was a a bunk bullshit way of being inclusive. I think there was a poor, you know, poor development. It was poor execution of it. It didn't mean shit, you know, because the the plus size woman next to the regular size woman or the size 12 next to the size four, the size 12 clothing was ill-fitting. And you can tell walking down the runway how uncomfortable she was because she can look to the left and look at a mirror and imagine herself skinnier or vice versa. It just was very weird. In the same spirit of weird, Alessandro Michelle Fagucci is making all of this stupid ass fucking clothing. I guess it's supposed to be thought provoking, but for me, to me, it goes a line of stupid, you know, not well, not well executed, not well developed, not well trending, um, you know, trend trend forecasting or um, ideas um, or just basically merchandising. This is a very touchy subject and I'm not saying that we can't talk about it. It I applaud thought provoking before I was anything. I was an artist and the art that stood out to me the most and you can look at my art. I'll post some of my art because I'm pretty damn good. The art that always stuck out to me the most 
didn't have words. You can understand what the artist was trying to convey and by the color and the lines and the shading and all of the other things that make up artwork. I don't see fashion as any different. It's, it's storytelling. So this model that walked down the runway in a straitjacket, basically, or dystopian-like, um, or medical-like clothes with words in her hand, it confused it. It confused the whole audience, and it got backlash only because it was poorly executed, and no one, everybody had a sense of what? What the hell is that? So I think that even with Gucci, maybe I don't know how the, their setup is. Maybe he is boggled down by old ideas and old people that are still there that are antiquated and they want him to do a, a certain formula. Or maybe he just boggled down and antiquated and he to go sit, go somewhere, you know. But, uh, you know, Gucci, it wasn't a good look. Um, and like I said, it was poor. You're using mental health. It's something that is very serious. And I'm sure in your organization, people um, go through a lot of mental health issues in your organization if you would only listen. Um, if that was what you were trying to do to make it thought-provoking and get our attention, you failed. Um, and also you failed with the blackface because um, it remind black people of Sambo and black people have um, tremendously helped your brand is a lot of fashion brands um and so you know why mock somebody your client but sometimes i feel like fashion designer fashion houses want to punish people or punish their customers because they're not buying it they're not buying you because you ain't you, you you're out of touch and you're not relevant right now just like music and art it tells the time of what's happening right there and you're out of touch you guys had a shitty history and you're having a shitty present and probably a shitty future. So, <laughs> cry me a river on that bullshit. Um, what else would I like to talk about? Abuse, office abuse. You will get past. I mean, maybe not. Maybe not the days after the times up and the me too. But I've have a, I had a few instances in my life where someone has hired me, someone hired me that I thought that, you know, was trying to take me under their wings and be a mentor, and they had an agenda the whole time of trying to um, sleep with me. So if you ever get an inclination of somebody flirting with you or trying to sleep with you for a job, early ass out. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Or... If don't never never take a job based on someone uh, liking you. Never be friends with somebody with someone liking you because it always turns into resentment. I don't care what anyone says. It always turns into resentment. Next week, we have something very special for you. Um, I have one of my friends from uh, a fashion place I used to work in to Southwest Florida. She'll be discussing with you, and uh, we'll take it from there. If there's anything that you want to tell me, or um, I encourage everybody, this platform is an informative platform for aspiring and working fashion professionals to rant and air their shit up. Don't be cowards. Don't be bashful email me dm me i am on every wednesday seven o'clock on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify Podcasts, anchor fm breaker audio pocket cast radio public and now overcast castrocast also so email me let me know what's up 
And today's music selection was by one of our own, C-Dot at C-Dot Sings. All right? So thank you, guys. And until next time, see you next Wednesday.